Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 10 to 12 podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Kaitzi. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. So negotiations for contract 2023 kicked off on October 18th. We're in the middle of it. The long-awaited contract talks are here, and there's a ton of anticipation. What can you do while union leadership is negotiating with the company? That's the question we'll answer on today's show. But first, let's take a dive into the contract. We recently handed out new wage cards, so I want to answer a few commonly asked questions. There's two sides to your wage card. The first side says your base rate, which is your regular pay range for each labor grade. The base rate does not include any COLA, which is your cost of living adjustment. The second side says COLA, which would include your base rate plus the cost of living adjustment. COLA is calculated twice per year, which is why we hand out new wage cards twice a year around August and February. You can verify your wage card is current by checking the date listed at the top. Uh, the pay rate listed on your paycheck includes COLA, so it's important to remember anytime you're looking at your paycheck, that number does include the COLA. You can verify your current rate of pay and all prior raises by logging into LM People and clicking on your job history. This would show all of your changes in your pay rate over the course of your employment, including any promotions or changes in COLA. If you have any questions regarding your path of progression, please contact your labor steward. They can help you understand your job history, go through it with you, and help you understand which labor grade you'll progress to next. And this does verify by position and department, so it's good to get their advice. Wage cards can be picked up from your steward, and you can always find them in our app as well if you go into the app and click on uh, Member Resources. So that's a good subject, right, to talk about before we go into contract negotiations. We'll get new wage cards once negotiations are over and we implement the massive pay raises that we're going to negotiate. <laughs> so, And just to clarify, too, we do have different sets of wage cards for Alabama. I don't know if yep. we've And those are on that. the app as well, right? They are, yep. Good. So let's get into it, right? Negotiations are finally here, and, and, and it seems like there's been more anticipation running up to these contract talks than ever before. I know I've been involved since 2006, and this one feels different. And I think there's a few factors that make this true. First, this is really the first contract that we're negotiating with Lockheed Martin. They did negotiate the current contract with us, but it was still really those leftover Sikorsky folks that negotiated the deal. Lockheed was really a new owner of the company at the time, and and they weren't too involved in negotiations then. Lockheed is well-established here at Sikorsky Aircraft now. They are the parent company, and they're negotiating this contract, right? This is Lockheed Martin negotiating this contract, so it feels different from that perspective. Um, there, there are a large number of older members who are ready to retire and they're looking for an incentive package to retire on. Yeah. And these folks are running their mouths, right? And I don't mean that in a negative way, right? <laughs> they are talking about what they want. They're asking every day. I know as stewards, you guys are hearing it every day, right? Yep. From, from those older members saying, Hey, what's going on? Are we going to get a package? Definitely. And then there's the new members, right? The younger members who came in under tier two, and they're looking for something that closes that gap between Tier 1 and Tier 2. Yes. So, I, so these are priorities going into negotiations. But it just feels a little bit different, right? It feels like there's a lot riding on these negotiations. There's a lot riding on this contract. But for me, I think that the most important factor, at least from our side, is the change in leadership at the IBT. 
Um, the election of Sean O'Brien as the general president of the IBT and his clear message to corporate America that we're no longer going to wait to get something from you. And you, I mean corporate America, we're going to demand it. And like he said, and I'll quote him, if you want to take us on, put on your helmets and buckle up your chin strap because this is a full contact sport. And he's preaching that across the country. He's preaching a more militant union, a more aggressive union, and an end to kowtowing to corporate America. We're not going to ask anymore. We're going to demand. So it's not the same Teamsters union that Sikorsky Aircraft is used to negotiating with. It's a very different union. We're coming into these negotiations with a clear picture of what we want and what we need, what we deserve. And we're going to be very aggressive in our pursuit of all of these things. People forget. I mean, we carried this company through a pandemic that killed hundreds of thousands of people and threatened to kill us. And people put that aside. You know, they looked their kids in the eyes and said, I got to go to work. Yep. You know, we yep. have a job to do. And, you know, we came to work every day while the salary workforce, a lot of them stayed at home. Some of them still stay at home. And, you know, we risk our lives and our family's health to save the bottom line of this company. So, you know, that's something that can't be forgotten yeah, quickly. And exactly. we need to make sure we demand what we deserve. And, no question. And when the, the company needed to save money to build a 53K, we, we took that hit and we uh, we did what we had to do to, to preserve our jobs and uh, preserve the work for us. Yeah, you, you know, know that supervisors didn't end up on a two-tier system. Right. Yeah. Right. We took that hit. Right. We took that hit back in 2016, 2017. The hourly workforce took that hit with tier two, with the elimination of the pension plan. Yep. We took the hit, and we took that hit to save jobs, right? Not just our jobs. We saved salary jobs. Yep. We saved supervisors' jobs, managers' jobs. We saved the jobs of the very executives who were sitting across the table from us that day asking us to take this hit. Yeah, sounds a lot like the auto workers unions back when the, they were all ready to crumble, right? Unions right. took the uh, concessions to keep them afloat. And yep. It was funny how quickly they forgot. And and I don't want to say we did it willingly because we certainly didn't no, do it willingly. That wasn't a willing thing that we did. However, we did it. And now we're here today, right? Negotiations have begun and it's time for payback, right? It's time for us to get what we've been waiting to get. Absolutely. Yeah, And, and payback, I don't think you mean to be a sinister thing. It's literally no. being paid back for what we give this company. That's right. Yeah. We've been given and given and given, and now it's time for us to take something yeah. back. So, and, and we're not going to wait any longer, right? This is it. This is when we get what we've worked for all these years. Um, this is when we take what we deserve. You know, I think the other thing that's changed a lot is just the climate of labor right now is, you know, it's ripe for strikes. It's yeah, it ripe is. for union activity. Yeah. Support of unions is higher than it ever was. I mean, I think now if you were to go out on strike versus, you know, back in 2006, it would be a, a different kind of public support, a different kind of solidarity between yeah. other unions. Yep. Also, people aren't accepting the bare minimum anymore. I think it's important to underline that with the pandemic, I think people realize that their labor's worth a lot more. Yeah. And, and listen, we're not an upstart union, right? We're well established. We've been around for 60 years at Sikorsky Aircraft. Um, so I don't want to say, you know, that we're these downtrodden workers. But listen, no, we took not. that hit, right? We took that hit to keep the K here. We worked through the pandemic and put our lives on the line, put our families' lives on the line to make sure that the bottom line of this company was secure. And, and now we're here. We're here to get something back. 
And listen, Rocco Kahlo is a member of Sean O'Brien's executive board, right? He's a member of the general executive board. He's the Eastern Region Vice President of the IBT. So he's going to echo that kind of rhetoric, right, that Sean is touring the country talking about, talking about it's, it's time to end this corporate dominance. It's time for workers to stand up and take what they deserve. And if you don't get respect from corporate America, take them to the streets. Yep. That's the message, right? And I think Rocco has has already pretty eloquently sent that message to our company, to our employer, that, you know, listen, it's a different day and we expect a good result. Yeah, I think companies get caught up in their share price and their stock, you know, stock yeah. prices and compensating their executives, but they lose sight of the fact that we're an, a very important shareholder in all this. Yeah, we're an equal partner or at least should be. Right. Yep. We're as important as the I shareholders. Mean, I, yeah. The shareholders provide money to the business. Right. But we get the work done. Well, I think it's important to say that not a single aircraft will roll down that line. Not a single machine will run without us. Yeah. They you know, they have their contingency plans. I know they're working on contingency plans in case we go on strike. And those things look great on paper. Yeah. Right. But yeah. at the end of the day, nobody other than well, the workers at Sikorsky Aircraft know how to build helicopters. And also, you can't get somebody to come in and automatically have 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years experience building aircraft exactly. and working on the things that build aircraft just just to, as a contingency plan. Well, we've heard but, stories about the poor attempts at trying yeah, to build while the yeah, strike was going on last time. And I've heard quite a few people chuckle about how they got overtime fixing all the mistakes. Yeah, they, we, we worked a ton of overtime fixing the mistakes. I think they officially delivered one aircraft during the six-week strike. It's pretty bad. And this was at a really busy point in our history, right? We were rolling an aircraft out the door, you know, every day and a half or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they delivered one in six weeks. That should come with a disclaimer on it. Yes, it, it <laughs> yeah, should. it should. It should. I'm, I'm not sure it didn't come back on the property. To Paint a little warning built by scabs. <laughs> <laughs> right? By scabs or and supervisors. By, yeah, there's supervision. Right? It's kind warning. of scary when you, when you think That's about awesome. some of them. That is awesome. So listen, the negotiating committee has been doing a lot of work for months leading up to these negotiations. Um, you know, Rocco kicked off these negotiations a, a couple of weeks ago and made it pretty clear to the company what he expects. So the committee's going to do their job, right? The committee's going to do uh, what they always do which is work to get the best contract possible, but it's not just their job. And I know that we've talked about this before, but now that, you know, we're at the kind of the beginning of these negotiations, they're really rolling into an aggressive schedule of negotiating almost every day. It, it you know, it's important for the folks out there on the shop floor, for the rank and file members to do their part in negotiating this contract. So what can they do, right? What can you out there who are listening do to help secure the best contract possible? I think you're going to have to try and invest yourself in as many ways as you can. Um, and that doesn't mean perpetuating rumors on the shop floor that you heard in the cafeteria. Right. That means, you know, talking to your coworkers about the contract based on what you hear at the membership meeting. Absolutely. You know, yep. Make sure that you're actually getting good information and take the time to talk to each other about it. You know, let the company hear that you're invested in this and it's something that you care about and you're ready to strike if you need to. Yes. And and listen, we know the company's listening to this podcast, right? And and we're telling our members, make sure you're talking that way, that you're ready to go on strike if it's necessary. 
Okay, that's the message we send to this company, period. Yes. I don't care how you really feel in the back of your head. The message is we're ready to go on strike. And and I think that we have a huge majority of members who are willing to do that if necessary. I've been been reading the survey comments. Yeah, there's no question. You know, like we started the episode, the retirement packages on the way out, ending two-tier. These are things that we're seeing in a majority of the comments. And we're... You know, but we've got, what, 3,800 approximately members. Mm-hmm. We had over 1,500 responses the last time I looked. So yep. we're getting a, a lot of feedback, and it's all the same. Right. Um, so let, the, let management hear. You know, I'm ready to strike over yeah, two-tier. And, you know, I think the most important thing that the company needs to understand is Rocco Kale has been the head of this union for 22-some-odd years, right, 22, 23 years. Um, you, you don't continue to get reelected into that position for that many years without having a, a real, uh, you know, a real handle on this membership. The membership is going to follow Rocco Kahlo when he says, this is what we're doing. Yeah. If he says we're going to vote yes for this contract, then we're going to vote yes for this yeah. contract. And th- the vote is going to be overwhelming. If he says we don't recommend this contract and we're voting no, that's going to be the result. Yeah, I think that shows you the level of trust our members have in our leadership. No question. So, Jason, that's a really good point of of not perpetuating rumors. The Listen, the rumor mill that is Sikorsky Aircraft is pretty powerful to begin with. Yeah, it is. It takes on a different level of intensity during contract time. I've experienced it enough times to know the rumors are crazy. People all of a sudden... I had, I had people during the last contract coming up to me on the shop floor telling me what was what was happening at the bargaining table when I was at the bargaining table <laughs> and 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 it's they're telling crazy. me that things are happening that weren't actually happening so the the rumors are crazy please don't listen to the rumors please don't repeat the rumors to Jason's point come to the meetings download the app get on our website you know Jason's going to be at the bargaining table um, he does the app, right? So he's going to be sending out daily updates. Every time we negotiate, every day that we have a session, there's going to be an update come over the app. There's going to be an update uploaded onto the website. Get on those platforms and make sure you're talking about those official results, right? This is what happened today in negotiations. Talk about that on the shop floor. Let management hear you talking about the contract. We need to be excited about this contract. We need to be motivated about this contract. Yeah, if you want to spread a rumor, spread the rumor that I'm ready to strike, like we were saying before. Let that be the the rumor that echoes through that place. Yep. And, you know, like Steve said, just to show your engagement, I want to challenge people to do a couple things. We've got membership meetings coming up. We've got merchandise for sale. We sell all of it at cost. Um, It's American-made stuff, so it doesn't seem like it's at cost, but it's union-printed. It's good American stuff. Um, Come down, grab a shirt. Wear shirts to work that have a union logo as many days a week as you can. We do Red Shirt Fridays for the TVC. TVC is going to be coming out with a really cool new shirt, sweatshirts. Um, Hopefully by Veterans Day we'll have those out. Um, So just make sure that you kind of come down, get those things, stay informed like Steve said, and also bring some friends to the membership meeting. Yes. Yes. If you're somebody that regularly comes, we have a few newer members, um, Dermot, on, on, he's now on third actually, 
But Dermot Green is one of them who's done a real good job every time just trying to grab, let me grab three people, four people, bring them down, and come get sworn in and get actual information about what's going on. And going back to the T-shirt thing, uh, we began handing out the free T-shirts at the October membership meeting, um, the the contract T-shirts, the specific contract T-shirts that say willing to strike if yep. necessary, right? So come and if you didn't get your shirt, talk to your steward, come down to Union Hall, um, but get one of those shirts. They're free and, and wear it as often as you can. Wash it <laughs> in between wearing, but wear it as often <laughs> as you can, all right? We got plenty of merchandise, so definitely. <laughs> <laughs> right? Come on down, like Jason said. Get some stuff. Um, put a sticker on your car. Uh, whatever it takes, right? Just let everybody know that you're engaged and that this is the most important thing. This contract is the most important thing that's happening in this company right now. And if you know, the last thing I want to say is if you hear other members or even worse, supervisors talking about how you know there's contingency plans in place if we go on strike, just remember this company needs you and we provide a huge profit to them every single yes, day. Exactly. No so we don't need to bend to the you know the company's uh, threat of a contingency plan. You know, they can't build these helicopters without us. Yep. And I want to send a message to the newer employees as well. We we have lots of new members out there, and specifically the brand new members, folks who don't have 90 days in yet, because this was a real worry during the 2006 strike that, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm in my 90 days. I'm going to get fired if I go on strike. I know that without even asking Rocco, I know that we will not sign a return to work agreement if we were to go on strike we will not sign a return to work agreement with this company that does not include protection for 90-day probationary employees we won't and the other thing last time you guys had uh when there was a strike employees had their uh health coverage temporarily suspended but all those claims were backdated to the start of the strike right they were yes they so were. that's obviously a, a real fear for a lot of people, but it's something to keep in mind that last time that was covered as right. well. And, and we can't guarantee that that would be the case again. Um, it would certainly be a top priority during a, a, a return to work agreement that, you know, healthcare be backdated and cover folks that, that were sick while they were out on strike. So, you know, these are all things. It's not, it, 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 everything is possible, right? When you come back to work from a strike. There is an agreement that happens. So listen, we're not planning a strike, but we have to plan for a strike, right? And everyone has to do that. Everyone has to make sure that they're doing the things necessary to prepare for that, right? You know, save a few bucks. Don't, you know, don't buy a new car. Don't go out to expensive dinners while, while we're negotiating the contract, right? Put that couple of hundred bucks in the bank. Yeah. Because that can pay a couple of bills yeah. over a few weeks. You know, and keep in mind that tough times are temporary, right? You're right. not still struggling from that strike, right? I don't, uh, financially, I don't even remember the strike. Right. Yeah. So, you know, everything seems like it's a huge hurdle at the time, but right. we'll get through it. Yep, absolutely. So, as we're saying, just keep the chatter up on the floor, but keep it positive, right? We don't need negative chatter on the floor. Um, we should not be listening to rumors and complaining about what we hear. Um, oh, the union's not doing this. I hear the union's not doing that. That's not good chatter on the shop floor. Nothing negative about the union. We say it all the time. We understand that not everybody is 100% happy with everything that the union leadership does. Bring those issues to Union Hall 
to a meeting and air your, your issues. We're here to answer your questions. We're here to address your complaints. Um, but don't do it on the shop floor for a couple of reasons. It weakens us. And there's no one on that shop floor that can fix your problem. If you have a problem with union leadership, they're not on the shop floor. Absolutely. So bring that problem to union leadership. Don't talk about it on the shop floor. That's real important. Especially at contract time, it should be a lonely time to be a scab. So just keep in <laughs> mind, if you're in your department, there's scabs in the area. Don't be fraternizing with a scab. Yeah. Because that's a great point, Jason. You know, it, it shouldn't, people shouldn't see a scab fraternizing with a bunch of uh, good, you know, union brothers and sisters and think, oh, I guess it's not that bad to be a scab. That's the worst thing you can be. Right. Yeah. It is the worst thing you can be. In a union, there's nothing worse than a scab. And look, those folks, I understand that it's been a long time since 2006 and some people have let bygones be bygones. But to your point, Jason, during contract time, during negotiations, when there is always that possibility that there's going to be a job action, those are the folks that are going to betray us first. Yeah. Yep. They did it once, they're going to do it again. And it, you should care because if you want a good contract, that's what's undermining us. Yep. Yes, no question about it. So let the company see that, right? That they're not our friends. Good point, Jason. Um, so truthful information, right? It's always hard to come by during contract time. So, so make sure you're coming to the meetings, um, getting on the app, getting on the website, getting those, those official updates. Um, spend some time on Google, right? Do, do some searches on Google and take a look how workers are, are winning across the country when they stick together. Cause that's a good lesson to learn. I know some of you listening might be thinking, Ah, yeah, this is just all chatter, right? This is all talk. Um, I'm just going to do my thing, right? It does work. What we're talking about is time-tested. So folks out there across the country, the wave of organizing that we talk about incessantly on this show, that wave happens because of solid worker solidarity. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. you, you see a lot of these contracts that are being negotiated at other places that are actually going to a strike vote. They're authorizing a strike, and then the company runs back to the table and puts a deal together. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of sad we have to force it to an authorized strike to get them to actually give a, a good last, but, you know, best and final. Yeah, those contingency plans that we keep talking about, right, they do. Like I said, they look good on paper, um, but it's paper, right? And And... <laughs> that that's going to fall apart yep. right our pushback is go right ahead go right ahead and implement your contingency plan and we'll stand at the gates in the street with our signs and we'll watch that fail we'll watch yep. that crumble yep. right because that's what's going to happen don't anybody out there nobody be intimidated by the company saying oh we don't care if you go on strike we have a contingency plan <laughs> Right. Because as much as we preach to talk up the fact that we are willing to go on strike, the company is doing the same thing. Hey, talk up the fact that we have a contingency plan. We're not afraid of a strike. We have a contingency plan. They are terrified of a strike. And now more than ever, come to work, do your job, do it well. Yep. And make yourself somebody they can't afford to lose. Yes. Yep. Yes. We have to be the best at what we do, and we have to demand the best benefits and wages in the industry. We really do. And drive those up for everybody. Absolutely. Amen. So remember that, right? Remember how much the company needs you, and don't don't be afraid of that contingency plan because it's, it's paper. That's all it is. 
It's a plan. And, and I'll tell you, some people worked really hard on that contingency plan. <laughs> they spent a lot of months <laughs> working hard on a plan that is just destined to fail because there's nothing in that contingency plan that includes hiring replacement workers that know how to build helicopters. Exactly. And isn't that what they need? So good luck if that's what it comes to. Okay, so short episode, right? We didn't we didn't want to spend a ton of time on this, frankly, because um, the three of us are involved in negotiations, so we have a lot of work to do yeah. uh, to to get on sure. with negotiations. But um, but we want to bring you a message as often as we can during these negotiations. We will post on the ten to twelve podcast site, and we'll we'll let people know through the app whether or not there's going to be an episode when one is scheduled to air. Uh, if we don't have time to do that during negotiations we'll let you know that there won't be an episode that week we're going to do everything we can to bring you an episode every two weeks like we normally do um but you know the the possibility of that may uh may change over time right so we're going to do the best we can and we'll we'll keep you updated so um vinny what do we got about um striking workers out there the labor movement what's going on so i got i got a couple i got a couple items Okay, Amazon workers in California, workers at the KSBD, a major Amazon air hub in San Bernardino, California, announced on October 14th they were, they were going to strike against Amazon. And uh, they're saying that Amazon just uh, responded with intimidation, threats, and re- retaliation. Uh, what a surprise. Yeah. They never do that. 50 workers originally asked about heat breaks over uh, citing heat, uh, prevention of heat illnesses. In California, there's a, uh, there's a law that requires when uh, the temperatures exceed 80 degrees Fahrenheit, the employers must provide water, shade, and cool-down rests and access to first aid. It doesn't sound like the Amazon's doing that. And they also demanded a $5 an hour raise, and Amazon responded with a $1 an hour raise. No, that's that's great. Yeah. And this one I, I, I really like, and I think this underlines union work. A new paper that came out from Cornell University, they did a study about what it's like to be in a union your entire career. Uh, some of the results they found that a premium for being a union worker is earning wages $1.3 million higher than our non-union counterparts. Workers that never worked in a union were projected to earn $2.1 million over their whole career, while those who were in a union were projected to earn $3.4 million a year. Nice. It's been long clear that union members make more than their non-union counterparts. In 2001, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, non-unionized workers made just 83% of unionized workers' wages. It even finds that workers without a college degree that have a union are expected to make more money than people that don't have a union that have a college degree. Wow. I think the last one we have to give a shout-out to is uh, our brothers and sisters over at Teamsters Local 170. They represent uh, Clark University graduate workers. They just ratified an agreement. Uh, They actually voted on March 23rd of this year to become Teamsters, and 203 days later, they have their first contract. Awesome. Um, So it's definitely a big gain. They voted 71 to 0 in favor of their contract. That's solidarity. So congratulations. (laughs) They're part of Joint Council 10, so... That's awesome. That's awesome. So, So everybody listening, there's the lesson, right? Take a lesson from that. That's 
100% solidarity, right? That's what moves corporate America is solidarity. So as always, we're going to end this episode with a quote from some sort of labor leader. I think we have a good one. I think we got a, here, real, we we? Got a real good one. And I think right. it underlines what we're going through. And so I'll, I'll give you the quote first and I'll give you who it's from. The one thing that I learned early on in life, no matter how tough things got, no matter how much adversity adversity there was, there was always one organization that stood strong, stood proud, and never wavered in their commitment, and that is the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, and that's our general president, Sean O'Brien. Sean O'Brien. Um, and, again, the other quote from Sean O'Brien is, put your helmet on, buckle your chin strap, this yep. is a full-contact sport. Um, that's our quote um, you know, for the, for the company who's listening right now. Um, buckle up, folks, because here we come. It's going to be a bumpy ride. So, <laughs> hope not. Uh, they they have all the power to make it a smooth ride. Yeah. So just a reminder, membership meetings coming up third Wednesday of every month. You can, if you need to, grab a Zoom link. We really prefer people to come in person. We've yep. got a food truck down here in Connecticut. We've got merchandise for sale, like we always say. So come down to the meeting and uh, take part in that. Yep. November 16th in, here in Connecticut is the next one. Yep. We've also got events coming up throughout uh, the month for all the different caucuses. You're going to find those listed in the app on our calendar and a lot of times under what's new as well. Uh, Connecticut Futures is going to be holding a meeting next on November 6th. It's going to be at 10 a.m. and it's going to be held at Teamsters Local 191. It's at 1139 Fairfield Avenue in Bridgeport. Awesome. All right. So as always... We want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank you for downloading. Thanks for following us. If you're not following us, shame on you. Go to Podbean right now and follow us today. Remember to email us. Tell us what you think about the podcast. Tell us what you love about it. Tell us what you hate about it. But tell us something. Email us at comms at teamsters1150.org. That's C-O-M-M-S at teamsters1150.org. And let us know something, right? Give us some feedback. Um, and until next time, I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Kaitsi. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. We'll see you next time. Solidarity. Solidarity.